Dare to be a dad. I want to talk to you dads today. I want to thank you ladies. You know, my, my little sister Peggy uh, wants to shake my hand and, and I had to swat her because I don't shake her hand, I hug her. And she told me, she says, Happy Father's Day. And it brought me to mind that if it wasn't for her, if it wasn't for you ladies, <laughs> we wouldn't have fathers. Amen. We wouldn't be fathers. So ladies, thank you for making us dads. I'm going to share seven things a godly father does. Seven things that we fathers and grandfathers need to do in order that we may remain godly fathers and grandfathers. Some of you aren't married yet. Some. And, and so even if you're single, these things are going to, are going to be, it, it's good stuff for you. It, 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 will, it will help kindle some thoughts that as you grow older and, and God brings you the woman that he wants you to have, these things will, will hold you in good stead to understand what makes a godly dad. The first thing is a godly father leads by example. I love the example that Joshua set in Joshua 24, 15. It's, the, the scripture says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. God's talking to Joshua. Or Joshua's actually talking here. The Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Who Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? <laughs> he draws the line in the sand. He says, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Amen. That came through on that video. It was cute. You know, and, and that's, you think that that was acting for, that's, that was catching Jeremy in his natural habitat. I mean, those things that he did, he does. In your office, in your car. Oh, nasty. We're, we're, we're talking toxic waste. But you know, through it all, we saw an example of, but as for me and my house, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Take your Amorites. Take the gods of your ancestors. Take those gods who you served beyond the, dark, the Euphrates River back in those dark times. Take those gods who did absolutely nothing for you but demanded everything from you. Take those gods and serve them again and you're going to die hopeless and hapless without anything. But let me tell you, my family, 2019, I'll get it. around here. Are you going to ha hold on to it? Or? No, oh, okay. Okay, good. 
A godly father leads by example. A godly father is a leader. The scripture even tells us how we're to do it. Dads, if you're confused about it, single moms, you're going to have to step it up because you don't have that, that guy that is your, your husband, the, the, the father who's involved in, in the kids' lives. So you may have to step up and, and do double duty. And I know it's hard, but thank you for doing that. But here's what Scripture says in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and then verse 18. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly. That's a good word. Listen to that. Wholeheartedly. To these commands that I'm giving you today, repeat them again and again to your children. We have Awana and, and some, some modern parents and some modern scholars, modern educators say, rote memory, you're, you're going to create little mini robots. All they're doing is spewing out these things. I had a guy tell me that uh, Awana believed in zipperhead evangelism. Zipperhead evangelism. Like, what do you mean by that, brother? He says, you guys... I, I was an Awana guy. I'm still an Awana guy. You guys just zip open a kid's head, dump in John 3.16, zip it back up and expect a transformed life. Man, I don't know what side of the moon you were living on, brother, but that's not true. We lead these kids by example. We lead these kids and we feed these kids the Word of God and we're doing that in our homes, in the workplace. We're doing it every time when we're sitting down, when we're standing up. Say, so, well, kids are grown. Okay, Grandpa, step up. Because we have grandchildren now. Amen. We have great-grandchildren. Right. We have an opportunity to impact these lives as leaders of our family. Ladies, your job is, 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 that, is necessary, too, because you've got to encourage us. Sometimes it's no fun being a dad when the chips are down and we have to do dad things that are tough. Dads want to be friends. Dads want to be, when I, came, when I got off the road, I wanted to play with my girls. I didn't want to have to have a week of whippings. One daughter you could pound on all day long and she wouldn't do a thing. The other daughter you just snort and she went to pieces. <laughs> Works. Dads, be a leader. Godly fathers are leaders. Amaziah was a king of Judah, and it was, said, it was said to have done what was right in the sight of the Lord, but unfortunately that's not all that was said about him. There's a problem worth mentioning here because it's a very common problem today. Second Chronicles 25.2 says, Amaziah did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, but not wholeheartedly. Other translations say, not with a loyal heart or a perfect heart or a blameless heart or, or, or wholeheartedly. The word whole translates the Hebrew word shalem, not shalom, or shalom. Shalem, which means finished, complete, whole. We must not settle for Amaziah's attitude toward God. Many think it's enough, but it's not. In contrast to Amaziah, who had less than a wholehearted commitment to God, we consider such guys as Joshua and Caleb. Caleb's my favorite Old Testament guy. And uh, I, I, we, we, we had a grandkid named because of him. 
Numbers 32, 11 through 12 say, Of all those I rescued from Egypt, no one who is 20 years old or older will ever see the land. I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for they have not obeyed me wholeheartedly. The only exceptions are Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholeheartedly followed the Lord. See the contrast? Amaziah followed the Lord, but not with his whole heart. But my boys, Joshua and Caleb, they got her done. They followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Godly fathers lead. Guys, this, this has got uh, to be our heart. I'm talking to you, men. This has got to be our heart. Young men, say, I'm not even out of school. You're right, but this right now, today has got to be your heart. I wholeheartedly am going to serve God. You're going to come up against all kinds of peer pressure, all kinds of crazy stuff at school. You're going to hear things that your mom and dad tell you that you think that they're a bunch of dinosaurs. They are. They are. They're dinosaurs and they're fossils. But you know what? The real dinosaurs died and your mom and pa are still here. And there's a reason for that because godly leaders lead. Godly fathers lead. Third thing, a godly father disciplines. Oh, two, that was two. I'm sorry. Two was a godly father is a leader. The third thing, a godly father disciplines. And this isn't whacking your kid all the time. Proverbs 3, 11 through 12 says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. See, I, I grew up, and a lot, of, a lot of us old 60 years plus guys grew up in a, in a time where the, the greatest generation that ever lived were our parents. Coming back from World War II, men who have... Who have uh, uh, seen the, the horrible things of, of war. And they now come home to be fathers. And they're not going to talk to you. They, they weren't going to tell you things twice. They told you once. If, you know, if, if we, the reason we didn't have ADD back when I was a kid, because the old man, when we weren't paying attention, would whack you, or the reason it wasn't diagnosed, it was there. And it wasn't the right diagnosis, but he'd whack, he'd whack the ADD right out of you. That wasn't correct parenting. But that's how, we were, that's, that's how we were operating, and that wasn't what this Scripture verse says. The Scripture verse says that the Lord corrects those He loves just as a father corrects a child in whom He delights. And the word discipline means to teach or to mold to teach or to mold this child into being not, not mini-yous, mini-me's, but to be the young man and young woman who is hot after God. Four, a godly father has compassion on his children. Psalm 103, 13 through 14, The Lord's like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him, for he knows how weak we are, he remembers we're only dust. God's not impressed with all the accomplishments that we have in life. 
the 60-year-old plus have done a lot, have seen a lot, have accomplished a lot, have had some accolades bestowed upon them. God says, okay, that's fine, but I'm not impressed. I'm impressed that you follow me, how? Whole, I don't hear you, wholeheartedly, that's right. Because (laughs) you're just dust. The fifth thing, a godly father is there for you. He's not an absentee father. Listen to our, our Heavenly Father's witness. Deuteronomy 1, 29-31. But I said to you, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you. Just as you saw him do in Egypt and you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness. Just as a father cares for his child. Now he has brought you to this place. God, a godly man is, not, is, is there for his children. A godly father is there for his wife, for the grandkids, for the great-grandkids. Amen. A godly father is here in this church to support what dads, you know, the young punk kids that are under 60, what dads are trying to do in raising that family. And we, as, as, as the, the uh, men of the church, the old guys of the church, we have a responsibility to help mentor the kids and help mentor you. You know, if you're, if you're, gonna, if you're going to be uh, the man of God leading your children, you can't just do it all by yourself. You need somebody to come beside you. And God says himself, now he has brought you to this place. Contrast this with life today. God put men in my life. And and men, think back of the people in your life who God has put in your life. And, And these guys steered me. Bobby Barnes was my spiritual father. If it wasn't for the work that Bobby Barnes did in my life, I would not be standing here before you today, I believe. John Duddleston, godly man, went home to be with the Lord. Taught me many things about how I should be relating to my wife with gentleness. Although one time, his wife Florence was a character and, and she, would, uh, she would go off on a, on a tangent and just start talking crazy. And, and John, in this deep, Baptist preacher voice would look at her. And he, he did it in love and he did it in, biblically. He said, Florence, the Lord rebuke you. <laughs> I tried that once with Sarita and she smacked me. It doesn't work, but it worked with her. <laughs> Jim Warner, missionary to Africa for years and years and years, went home to be with the Lord. Al Johnson, just lost his wife, taught me how to fly fish, taught me how to be a godly father in the middle of a mess of a church. Bob fails. We've been praying for his wife, and Bob's a, Bob's a godly man, taught me many things. Amen. Greg Carlson, Dr. Greg is, is up at Trinity University. Don, Craig, Todd, Jeremy, Nick, <laughs> Nick. And Gary and Tim.
God has put you men in my life to steer me. And you've done a pretty doggone good job. These guys have molded me and have invested in me. Young men, someday you're going to be old. Seek now. Dads, who are you going to invest your life in apart from your children? There's no greater, there's no greater place to invest than that. Who are you investing in your life? In, who, whose life are you investing in? Who are you going to be a mentor? Who are you going to try to help mold? Sixth thing. A godly father provides for his children. He may not provide their want, all their wants or all their desire, but he provides for their needs. That's what a godly father does. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 5.8, But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, that's wife, that's children, it's if their grandkids are in there, if you have grandparents that are living in there, if though they won't care for their relatives, especially they're in their own household, they have denied the true faith Paul says such people are worse than unbelievers. The unbelievers took care of their own. And yet there are, he's talking to men, and he says, guys, if you're doing this, you're worse than an unbeliever. Don't get mad at me. This is the Word of God. Well, you know, we don't have enough money. Get a second job. Still don't have enough money. Get a third job. Well, why don't I put my wife to work? Wait a minute. Who's raising those kids? You? Haven't been doing a very good job since, so, so far. So no, wife, stay home if you can. You want to work, go work. Men, if you have to get a second job, you get a second job. Men, if you've got to get a third job, you get a third job. I was a banker, I was a toilet cleaner, and I helped a guy remodel houses so Sarita could take care of my babies. Don't you think she did a pretty good job? Amen. Amen. The last thing, a godly father needs to love his children. How do you do that? 1 Corinthians 12, 4, 13, 12, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 tells us, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. You always thought this was a marriage, a marriage versus scripture, didn't you? A marriage, a passage to people getting married? No, it's, it's telling godly fathers how to love their kids. <laughs> it does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Dads aren't irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstances. Private prophecy and speaking in an unknown language and especially knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. You know, it's hard being a dad today. Hats off to you, fathers. Hats off to you. It gets a little easier being a grandpa. We can do things with our grandkids that <laughs> you'd be put in jail if you did it with your own children. We blew up bird baths. We messed with old ladies' dogs and went for motorcycle rides and their mom said, don't let that kid on that bike. We as, as fathers and grandfathers, fathers of, of adult children, and grandfathers, now great-grandfathers, we, we have a way that we can love our kids and not work up a sweat. 
You can give them back. You, you know, fill them full of candy and let them hyper out, and you can say, bye, children, I love you. Yeah, it's great being a, oh, there you are, being a dad is hard work. It always has been. A godly father and grandfather are to be a pattern of godliness to their children. If you don't follow the advice of Scripture, your kids are going to see you as a hypocrite, a hypocrite, and hypocrisy never promotes righteousness. No matter how sound and biblical your teaching or counsel may be, they may be, the kids may be able to accept the principles intellectually, but they will see no reason for living them and will pattern themselves after you and your hypocrisy. Titus 2.7 says, In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility. Dads, you'll have done your job and demonstrate to your children what it means to be a godly father and grandfather when you incorporate these things. Love on them. Be an example to the church of a, of a seven-tiered a seven godly dad. You're going to make a difference in somebody's life. There's people that are watching you. You know, there's, there's, there's kids that say, Man, why can't we be in that house? Why can't we go live with them instead of living here? You know, their house is fun. They feed you. They let you go into the, into the, into the refrigerator and the pantry and eat anything that you can find. The house's front door is never locked. It's a swinging door. They're in, they're out. These kids, the kid, neighborhood kids, they're safe, but better yet, they're loved. God bless you, dads. You're awesome. You're my heroes. If there's something that you feel you may be deficient in, talk it over with God. Talk to me. I'm, I'm standing here telling you that if I've done it wrong, I, if it could be done wrong, I've done it wrong, so I know how to do it right because how I've done it wrong didn't work. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for the dads that are here today and the grandpas and the great-grandpas. Lord, I thank you for the, their wisdom and their, and their passion to love and serve you and that that spills over and having a passion for serving and loving their children. Moms, <laughs> moms, you're awesome. Single parent moms, I, I just, I don't know how you do it. But you're doing a pretty doggone good job when I look at your kids. I don't feel like it, John. Well, feelings lie. And God is going to say, well done. Well done. So moms, thanks for making our job easy. Thanks for, for being there, standing in the gap. When you could have left, you didn't. When you should have left, you wouldn't. <laughs> you just hung out and loved us through all the muck and mire. Thank you. So God, as we look at the moms and dads, and especially the dads today, we celebrate 
fatherhood today. We thank you for each of the men here today that are, that are, that are parents and grandparents. Lord, and for the young men who one day may be parents. Lord, may they serve you wholeheartedly. And I thank you for that. And if you're here today, my friend, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can't serve God wholeheartedly. There's no way. Because you don't know Him. But you can. Simple prayer. And the prayer doesn't save anyone. The prayer is saying, my heart is, is crying out to you, Lord. I don't understand it. But right now, in the best way I know how, I ask you to come into my life and save me from my sin. I believe when you died on the cross, you died in my place that I could live with you forever. And I thank you for that. And if you prayed that prayer, if you asked Christ to be your Savior today and you never have before, slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Anybody at all? Lord, uh, grant, us, grant us a great day today filled with family and uh, sharing memories and building new ones. I ask this in your son's precious name for his sake. Amen. We're dismissed. God bless you. Have a great day and a great week. Thank mm-hmm. you.